Uh, yep, 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 yep. It's time again. Welcome to Texture. I'm Josh Gaines. Welcome to the garage where I record this show. In the garage, I feel safe. No one cares about byways. In the garage where I belong, no one hears me sing this song in the garage. You know, I've been thinking a lot for the last 30 years of my life about contentment. And that's a tough one or it can be. Contentment is something that I think a lot of us are, I would would go ahead and say that everyone desires contentment in their life, or they just have contentment in their life. And contentment could maybe go, could maybe fly under the radar by some other names, such as satisfaction, thankfulness, gratefulness, Uh, peace, glad to be here, doing really well all the time. All these could be under the umbrella of contentment. But uh, in all seriousness, our society, at least if you live in America, in the U.S. of A., we are a culture that thrives on discontentment. And I don't mean thrive by we're all doing really well. I mean, at least sort of consumerism and capitalist uh, capitalism. All these things, they want you to be discontent constantly. And I would even go so far as to say that social media has a way of sort of breeding further discontentment. So this is not a... um, Sniper shot at, <laughs> you know me and my sniper shots. It's time for another round of Josh's sniper shots. Here, here's here's what's really getting my gizzard this week. Time for a sniper shot. Um, since that's clearly a, a trademark of texture. This show is not particularly going after consumerism or capitalism. It's not particularly going after social media, but I'm just presenting the idea that. These things are perpetuated in those places. For example, advertising on a television commercial or on the little ads that come up on Instagram or Facebook or any of the other places. These ads are saying, hey, you know, it always starts nice and easy. It's like, hey, uh, how are you doing? I know you're just checking out your content streams. I know you're just just given a glance to the new baby that's been born by your friend or family member. But hey, what about this post that looks like a regular post by someone you know, by someone in your friend or follow list? But actually, it's a paid advertisement from some company who wanted to put it here based on your demographic. And this ad just slides in nice and easy and, and it says, hey, how you doing today? How's every, everything going really well for you? What are you sitting on the potty looking through your streams? 
And, um, and then it will introduce something, whether a way of life or a product, or it will show you a human being doing activities. And this human being might even be the same gender or race or color or age as you. And they look like they're having a great time in their life. They look like they're doing really fantastically well. You might even be getting a glimpse at this person's best day of their entire existence. And these advertisements say, they tell you, they want to communicate, hey, you knucklehead, you big dummy, you can be happy too. But, ah, doggone it. You know what you need? You need this thing that we're trying to sell you. Oh, but, but they never say it like that, of course. They never come right out and say that they're trying to sell it to you. They sell you, they sell your little, your little feeble mind on the experience of, oh, I do need an application that can walk my dog without me actually being there. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that would be. Maybe a dog walking service, but um, you know what I mean. Obviously, I'm riffing a lot on this, but... You know what I mean. You've seen these ads and maybe you breeze right past them. You know, the second that you realize it's an advertisement for a product or a way of life or a service that can be mailed to your door, or maybe you linger there. Maybe you get a little hooked in. Maybe you're like, oh, you know, I am balding. I maybe do need some biotin gummy bears and some funky ass shampoo because this ad is telling me that science has fixed male pattern baldness. You've got mayo. Pattern baldness. That's what it's telling you. <laughs> um, all this to say, all this to say, these ads, you know, of course, what they're designed to do is to make you feel like you would be happier, you would be more content by purchasing this item that is being presented before your eyes. And, you know, some of the time, they might be right. Maybe your life would be made a little easier or a little better with such and such a thing. Or maybe, wow, goodness sakes, maybe I would be happier on, on a Tuesday if, you know, a Big Mac does sound pretty good. Wow, McDonald's. And yeah, you're right. Coke does taste best next to, paired with a Big Mac and your golden crack fries. Anyway, these things, I believe, can seep into our thinking. And just keep in mind, despite all the jokes, I know I'm being silly, that we see hundreds or thousands of these little things a day. And they're easy to ignore. Many, many of them get completely ignored. Or they're things that we have no desire for. And we breeze right past them. No big deal. No, I don't need some stupid, you know, like, anyway, you don't need an example. You know what I'm talking about. Many of these go right past us, but the other ones seep in. And if you're like me, you may have moments at home or at work or driving or whatever it may be where you just start, start getting cozy in with these ideas of maybe it's being at home and 
you know, whether it's been a long day, whether it's been a normal day, whether it's been a great day, you might just start noticing, hmm, I wish, man, my desk wasn't so cluttered. You know, Ikea has those great desks that organize so well. And if my desk space, my workspace was just more organized and sleek and clean, you know, I'd probably do better work. Things like this, you know. And it's wild how these can add up to a great deal of discontentment. And I know I'm talking about products and services so far, but I think that it touches on something deeper, that it touches on a longing in our core to be satisfied, to be at peace, to not require anything, to feel good, you know. And maybe not even feeling good, but just feeling like in whatever scenario, in whatever moment, I don't need an additional thing added to me in order to be content or I don't need to daydream about some scenario or position in life where then, then finally, finally I'd be at my best or then finally I'd be okay or then finally I wouldn't be sad or angry or losing sleep or depressed, you know. And I used to do this much more often. Years ago, I used to daydream pretty frequently about a very specific life, which was, and this is embarrassing to admit, so just picture early 20s Josh of, you know, at that time, I wanted to be a musician. I did have the stereotypical young male dream of being a rock star, essentially. And I didn't need to be Nickelback big. (laughs) I didn't need to be Kanye West big. But I just wanted to be, you know, oh, maybe Wilco big. Maybe not even that. Maybe Sam Beam of Iron and Wine. Maybe let's take it down a little more, you know. You can think of your own example. And I just thought, oh, but I think the songs I'm writing are pretty good. And I think that if the right people heard them, that they'd love them. And I think that the music I'm making is, it's not the best. It's not the best music I've ever heard, but it's pretty decent. And I just think if the right people heard it, then my album would catch on. It'd sell a bunch of copies. Then I'd start touring. And then I'd start making money on the road then I'd start being respected and desired and seen and known by lots of other humans in different cities, people I've never met. And I can go perform my songs for them and they'll know the lyrics and they'll be excited. That'll be the best night of their week is when Josh Gaines is there in town with his band playing music in front of them that they've paid to see and that they've driven to come to and that they're so excited and they love it and they buy merchandise and they listen to the interviews on the radio. 
I know this is maybe disgusting to to elaborate on, but this these are the sort of things that I would think about. And sitting there as a customer service rep at my day job at the lighting company, yes, even back then, I would get caught up in that thought of, oh man, yeah. I Even if I wasn't making a lot of money, that would be the thing, man. That would be the life. That would be the, the scenario. That would be the situation where I would be loving life. I would be killing it and just enjoying it so much. And I can't even think of a problem that would arise in that lifestyle. Are you kidding me? I'd be having a great time all the time. I'd be so happy. (laughs) And perhaps you have daydreams of that sort. And it's never bad. Well, maybe not never. It's not bad to have daydreams. It's not bad to have desires and goals, of course. It's not bad to be able to imagine a life that would perhaps be ideal for you, for your skills and your abilities and talents. Maybe it's just a stellar job that you would be so good at, that you'd be the best at which I know I've talked about on previous episodes, but the danger I think is living in that future body, living in that future mindset, which may very well never come. And in fact, the truth is for most of us, it probably won't. Or if it does, it won't be in the way that we thought it would. And that the fulfillment of those desires won't be the sort of overwhelming flood of joy and gladness and no problems that our our daydreams so kindly sort of scrub clean the issues and the problems. So it's certainly not wrong to strive for things, but I think, again, the danger, I mean, you've maybe heard people talk about this idea of how it's not good to live too much in the past and it's not good to live too much in the future. I know it's a trendy word right now to be present, to be mindful, to be right here. And I'm down with that. It's maybe getting a little overused, but that's just the defiant part of me that wants to, who knows why that. But yeah, living in the future, living in the pursuit of this future thing and and thinking in your brain that there is an arrival point up ahead. Maybe it's six months down the road, maybe it's five or 10 years down the road, but you've got your eye on it and you've got it well defined and all the details worked out of how that life should look like, of how that scenario should look. And what a great time you're going to have when you get there. You know, it probably, it probably in your imagination almost feels like a vacation that you're finally arriving to, except it's, except it's your life from then on. It's not a vacation that will end after a week or two. It's a, it's a new place, a new state of being. And you're finally there. Ah, and you can rest in it and you can relax 
and you can be just thriving as your best self doing the best work of your life and you're finally there. And I'm here to tell you that that's probably a figment of your imagination. Certainly the part that is is pretend that is a figment is is thinking that you'll be complete or satisfied or done growing or at peace at some point ahead of you because of life changes or because of circumstance changes or because of decisions and choices and change. All those things can be good in the right context. Don't get me wrong. And it can be good to have life goals and it can be good to chase them and you can even achieve them. But just realize I spent 15 minutes setting this all up to just say that I think that there can be a great amount of value in learning that there is no arrival point, that you can't be convinced that happiness or happiness is not the right word, that peace and contentment and joy and satisfaction is someplace ahead because of the acquiring of something or because the changing of jobs or of cities or of getting a new house or of whatever it may be, you fill it in. You know maybe the nagging thing in your brain that you just wish you had or maybe it's a bunch of little things. And I think that it, that it is possible to, and even maybe necessary to learn to arrive right here today on the day that you're listening to this and tomorrow when you wake up and the next day of just taking a look at your life, at the, the facets of what you're living in now, of what job and what your family dynamic is or what roommates you have, what beds you sleep in, what kitchen you cook in, what commute you have to your job, if any, what friends you have and how, what you spend your time doing, all these things. Don't neglect what's right here, even if it feels like what's right here absolutely sucks. Because no matter what it is, this time period will not last. And you know, other, other people have, I, I don't know the exact quote or the origin of who said this first, but the one thing that is guaranteed in life is change. And there's change that you can influence and there's change that is just going to come at you. Doesn't have to be bad or negative. That doesn't mean you're going to get blindsided by some tragedy, but I just mean the life you're living now 
it's not always going to look like this, even if that is simply getting older, even if that's your kids growing up and moving out of the house and or your own your own body growing and changing and slowing down and changing how you look and losing you know a certain uh, whether facets of appearance or functions or whatever it might be i think you've got the gist of what i'm saying it can be so good and such a proponent of contentment to yes have your dreams yes have your goals and yes strive to work hard and make good things and be good to people and and work towards the change that would be beneficial but don't forget to be right here and know that whatever imaginary future point of pretend arrival of that scenario that is the fulfillment of the daydream when you get there you you are still going to be you you may have grown some you may have changed some or maybe you won't have depending on how aware and cognizant of your own growth you are but i think that sometimes people get the fulfillment of their desires but they internally personally spiritually mentally have not changed at all because they've been so caught up in just getting to that point and you know it has got to be so disappointing to quote unquote arrive there and have and and have the realization that I, i'm still me i'm still me with my issues i'm still me with my problems i'm still me with the things that i wasn't dealing with in the past when i was dreaming about this and so i think if if that person is aware they're going to they're going to realize that it it was never that point of arrival at all it was never acquiring the things or attaining the goals that were the the key to unlock satisfaction that were the key to peace or joy or happiness which is why i think it is so important to just try to find it right here and to look for it here and truly thankfulness can go such a long way even if your circumstances are really rough even if they are daunting and every morning you wake up exhausted and the day is just yawning out before you that seems infinitely long with all the things that you have to do just to survive or just to feed your family or just to care for yourself. And I know, 
I know that is heavy. I know that is a burden. I know that is tiring and exhausting and can be discouraging. But is there anything there? Is there anything in all of that, even in the difficulty, even in the pain perhaps, even in the exhaustion, are there moments where you can just be and remind yourself or, or remember to, to just look around, take stock on the moment and find something to be grateful for. That might be the sunrise during your morning commute. That might be just the smell of the air as you walk outside your door in the 15 seconds to get to your car. That might be the first sip of coffee, even if it's crappy Folgers office cop coffee. Um, I, th I firmly believe that thankfulness and gratefulness and, and even the mindset to just pause and remember that you have those things that not everyone has or that you have those moments that perhaps other people don't get or even even don't even put it in that light just just go this is a good thing that i'm experiencing and maybe it only lasts 30 seconds and maybe there's a lot of hard moments in between but it can be so good to just arrive right here and I think that that can alleviate at least some small degree of the other junk and start to make the negativity all the hard and difficult things that you have to deal with throughout a day can make them seem just a little lighter like you know I've been doing this I've been surviving and getting done the things that I need to get done. And maybe I am actually doing okay, even though this is hard. So for what that's worth, I, I just really like that word arrive because it has the, the association of traveling, of, of getting to a destination. And I think I, I am of the belief I might be wrong. You may disagree or you may operate really differently in your mind, but that the destination is each day that we wake up in. It's each moment that we find ourselves in and that it's not somewhere down the line because it, it would be very easy to overlook and miss many, many things to have appreciation for that are happening on a daily basis. So to transition to something else, and this will be, I'm not going to say it'll be brief because it might not, that might be a lie. I used to hear people talk about the idea of, uh, loving yourself and 
I would quickly be dismissive of that because it sounded very self-centered and self-centric and um, self-focused and almost like this very Los Angeles or California new agey hippie thing of that an idea that almost encouraged people to just start thinking about themselves more. And I, I tend to think that most of us think about ourselves plenty, but, but this idea of self love, what I mean by that in this definition is the idea of taking good care of yourself so that you are well-equipped to care for others, well-equipped to even interact with others. So another side of this coin is that many of us, certainly me, possibly you, have a tendency to be very, very hard on ourselves, to beat ourselves up mentally, to punish ourselves and our brains for our shortcomings, for our failures or for our mistakes, for stupid things that we do, for moments we find ourselves in that we didn't intend to get to that leave us looking like a fool. We can be really harsh on ourselves internally. And that sort of negative cognition can have a way of just cycling over and over and over and even gaining momentum throughout our, throughout our lives, really, over the years of just, you idiot, you messed up again, or you chose the thing that was unhealthy for you again. You made that stupid decision or that mistake again, you idiot. Why do you keep doing this? Why can't you be better? Why can't you just make a good choice? Why can't you just take care of yourself? Why can't you just be smarter or sharper? You know, I think that many of us are probably more hard on ourselves internally and our own thoughts than we ever would be to anyone else. And it can be an interesting exercise in those moments to imagine that someone else was, was having all those things said to them or thought about them and just imagining what, what would you have to say to that person to encourage them? I know that got a little bit convoluted, but it's like imagining another person just being berated by like a coworker or something or by a boss So you're watching from afar and this person is just getting ripped up and down for some mistake they made. And you know that they're not deserving or maybe they did mess up, but this is a bit much to just get berated and belittled and condescended up and down in front of everyone and just put to terrible shame. Well, let's say that moment ended and the boss or the person doing the, the condescending walked away, then you could go over to the person who was just ripped a new one and be like, hey, I'm sorry that that happened. You really didn't deserve that. We all mess up. 
it's all right, man. Like, I love you. It's all good. And like, I'm sorry that our boss is so harsh. This is the sort of thing that we do in our own heads to ourselves. <laughs> At least I do. And maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't do it as severely as that, but just those little, ugh, those little disappointments, those little moments of, ah, I should have done better. Dang it. I wish I could go back and fix that. I messed up. I said the wrong thing. Replaying conversations and going, ah, I have the perfect thing to say now. All this, all this ties into this idea of self-love and it, it doesn't have to be a big old, I know even that term self-love, it's like, goodness sakes, what are we in the 1970s in the, in the hippie movement? I mean, if we were, I'm, I'd kind of be okay with that, but it's just the term that sounds hokey to me. But the idea of one realizing that all that self-deprecation, all that beating yourself up, internally or externally you might do it in front of other people you might you might verbalize out loud how dumb or awful you think you are because on some level you're seeking the the contrary you're seeking the affirmation from them of oh no no you're not no 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 no. you're not stupid you're not you did no it's fine like you know, we all, we all desire to be turned around. So you might even be externalizing your own self-deprecation. And I want to just say to you, there's no value in that. And sometimes that can even be sort of a backwards form of pride of like fishing for compliments. But anyway, let's not focus on that. But the internal beating yourself up, ah, oh, you dummy, you idiot you stupid human just realize that's never going to do you any good that that mindset that negative junk that you're stirring up inside yourself is never going to be a good starting point for positivity it's never going to be a good starting point for change or for growth if you're constantly getting down on yourself all the time so this may sound crazy and it's okay if it does sometimes i feel crazy doing it myself but one i just want to encourage you and remind you to try to recognize those moments when when your brain starts turning a hard left into self-deprecating village of just acknowledging that taking note realizing oh okay i'm starting to get get down on myself a little bit here <laughs> and doing this now the following what i'm about to say this could be from the voice of this could just be your own internal voice this could be the voice of god or the voice of jesus if you are of that persuasion, this could be the voice of the universe. This could be the voice of the collective consciousness of all mankind that has lived and is living. You fill in the blank. It honestly doesn't matter to me. 
but I want you to imagine the kindest, most benevolent voice in your head. And maybe this voice, you know, if you have the, the, the chance, closing your eyes in that moment, taking a deep breath, And I want you to insert your own name into this sentence. I love you. And then say your name. And just imagine the kindest being that exists. Just stopping you before you go down that path of self-deprecation and hate and doubt and disappointment in yourself. And maybe you did mess up. Maybe you messed up bad. Maybe you made a decision that is going to alter your life. (laughs) Hopefully not. But just try to halt yourself in that anger and in that negativity and just hear this voice going, I Love you, Josh. Putting my own name because this is what I do for myself. Deep breath. It's okay if it feels ridiculous. It's okay if it feels corny. Just lean into it. Let yourself feel it. Let yourself be there. I love you and you are safe, and you are free, and you are loved, and you don't need to spend the mental energy fretting over whatever it is. I love you. I love you. And If you can just remind yourself in those moments to do this, that can do wonders to turn things around. And again, the self-love, it's just in the sense, it's it's almost not even self-love. It's a reminder that you are loved. It's not you being fascinated with yourself. It's not being so caught up in yourself in a sense of pride. It's, it's remembering something that we are not reminded of often enough that we are greatly loved. And that can go a long way in helping you just reorient your thinking and not be so negative. And I firmly believe that you will be set up to, you'll be far better equipped to go back to your day, whatever you're doing, and to just have a little more kindness towards your spouse or partner, your kids, your coworkers, your friends, 
Because if you're already operating from a place of knowing, living in that security, living in that safety of no matter the external circumstances, I am loved and there's no value in beating myself up further than the, the normal circumstances that come, you, you're going to be in such better shape. And I hope that that positive momentum starts to build. And just more and more kindness internally will then start to just spiral outward into the people that you interact with. So I'm going to leave you with that. And know that I love you. <laughs> and I hope that you enjoy this show and that you've gleaned from it. So be well and be kind to yourself. Don't forget. Okay. See you next time.